So, Bodie, we've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about women's professional racing and women's local racing and kind of sorting through some of the issues that we've identified as both being super exciting and and noteworthy and also maybe some of the things that we've seen and heard women that we know and race with talk about as being sort of limiting factors in women's racing and you know this week uh, I'd gotten a few emails uh, on the heels of the Lambert Road Race Championships from some women that race in our area sort of asking questions uh, and and maybe talking about uh, some ideas that they had about things they'd like to see in the local race scene. We thought we'd dedicate this episode to women's racing, and we've invited some friends of ours to talk about it. And so without further ado, let's get to the podcast. Well, good evening, and welcome to episode 95 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. And joining us tonight are three ladies. Uh, I have Taylor Tay-Tay Van G, Gorman, Emily Full Gas Gas, and Greta Kappelmeer Kappelman. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. All nicknames that you apparently have given them. <laughs> I don't think I gave Full Gas to Emily, but... It seems apropos. Yeah, I think that was Aaron Viles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, friend of the member Aaron Viles and Taxi Cab Confessions. Um, Former director sportif <laughs> of Urban South Racing. Yeah. Um, so before we start, why don't you all just kind of introduce yourselves and uh, maybe tell us a little bit about how you got started with racing. And Taylor, why don't you start me off because you're like, I'm looking right at you. Sure. Uh, my name's Taylor. I started riding bikes when I did a bike tour across the country. After that, I was really just looking for a way to keep riding my bike. Um, so I joined Crush Racing and then just started racing from there. Um, I do the group rides, I'm working on my attack for loops, <laughs> and that's about it. You're also world famous for being our former barista at Manhattan Jack when the semi-tough club ride used to meet up at Manhattan Jack on Saturday mornings. I am. Back Who'd have ever thought that we'd have been sitting here doing a podcast together with you? You know, I didn't know I'd be riding bikes at that point, so yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I think that I, I first I met you or knew of Taylor Gorman because of your, your bike touring and that you came to New Orleans and were doing something bike easy and you were going to ride like 100 miles in the city, on the city streets. And it was like, hey, come join me and like chat about, let's chat about bike instructor. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then uh, and now now you're like a road racing badass. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, uh, this is Emily. Um, when I first moved to New Orleans, I was pretty new to the bike scene. I didn't really know what racing or biking clubs were. Um, I was just commuting because I didn't want to buy a car. So um, I think at some point I met Aaron Viles around town and he invited me to come ride. Um, No, actually my first ride was on the West Bank. I did repeats with Jim Booth 
And really? I thought, this, this is definitely a community I need to be a part of. Yeah, like, I was just going to ask, you know, yeah. I didn't realize that was your first ride, but I remember I was, I was doing wow. bridge repeats that day myself and maybe even had gone over there with Jim. And then, you know, here you were, and I thought, man, this woman is killing it. And, uh, yeah, here you are. Now you're a, you're a multi-time Lambra uh, champion. Former Pontchartrain Beach Summer Series champion, although she didn't grace us at all this year. We were a bit sad about that, but uh, <laughs> Taylor, Taylor sort of filled in nicely in your place. Um, I, think the, I think the first time Emily I saw you race might have been at, I guess it would have been Rouge Roubaix. That was my first race. That was your first race. Yeah. That is a lot of people in this area's first race, and it's like the most redonkulous first race, I think. It's right. like early, I mean, it's early in the season, it's like early in the calendar, so people are like, oh, it's the first race, let me go, but then it's like 100 miles, it's like, you know, a third of it is gravel, and it's not like New Orleans at all. Um, I don't know, it was my first race, and it about killed me, and I didn't like want to ride bikes for a while after that. Bring back Rouge Roubaix. Yes. <laughs> Bring back Rouge Roubaix. Well, everyone talks about it so much. That's true. Leading up to it. Yeah. That's how I found out about it. Greta. Hey, y'all. Greta over here. Um, I started racing bikes, I guess, with like triathlons in high school. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then moved to New Orleans back for grad school like a couple years three or four years ago and uh met a dude whose pickup line was hey i like your bike and uh kind of met the community from there and found out about this ridiculous sport called cyclocross and started doing that ridiculousness um and then met uh taylor gorman on one random road ride and she told me about crush racing and uh so I did my first road season this year um, with Crush Racing. That's right. You guys are all on the same team, Crush yeah. Racing. Uh, pretty, I mean, is almost you have almost all the women in Lambra on that team, or at least in New Orleans, I feel like. Mm-hmm. How, how has that been? Um, I believe I, you can tell me if I'm wrong. It might have been at least the first women's team in New Orleans or Louisiana. I mean, how, how has your guys' experience uh, with that program been? Um, it's been really great for me. I mean, I've, I've been on it for one road season. Um, I think Taylor did it for track and cross last year, right? And it's your first road season. Um, but yeah, Jen Novak and Ed have created this whole like comprehensive team, um, specifically for racing. Uh, I mean, and they've been doing a really great job. Um, they make almost every race available to us. So, um, kudos to them yeah and it's been really great showing up to a bunch of the events both lambra events and non-lambra events with a team and with a wide variety of experience Um, like emily has taught me a lot in different races and i think we're all able to kind of help each other we'll race in categories together and then race in separate categories and i think we can all kind of learn from each other's experiences so it's been a good season that's great. Yeah, I mean, nothing like, and that's the whole fun part I think about bike racing is that camaraderie. You come around and uh, go do something ridiculous with your friends. Well, guys, let's get into it a little bit in terms of you know what we're what we're here to talk about, and that is talk about things that 
um, you all can do as women's racers uh, and things that we can do as bike promoters and as folks that are involved in the local USAC uh, racing sort of uh, power structure as it doesn't it really is a word that doesn't do it justice but in terms of creating opportunities uh, better opportunities to get more women racing um, you guys have done a lot your team has done a lot to encourage women to race but I know that you all have spotlighted some ideas that you think uh, could be improved in our local racing structure to both attract more women to the sport and I think also to improve and increase the fundamental fairness of uh, and parity between men's and women's racing locally. Um, what, so you all sent some emails to me. I guess Greta, you were we were talking before the podcast. Um, you thought you were just sending a generic email, or at least we're going to send a generic email to the Lambert president, hmm. you didn't realize who that was, and then you realized when you went to look it up that, in fact, the Lambert president was me. Um, maybe I've done a bad job sort of putting myself out there as, as you know, as someone who's, um, well, as the Lambert president. Obviously, you guys know that I'm involved in, in, in promoting races and, and, and involved in the, in the cycling community, um, but, but maybe I should have done a better job of putting myself out there as the as the as the president of Lambert, but anyway, here I am, and we're on a podcast together talking about it. So, you all uh, wanted to reach out uh, specifically about uh, some ideas about the Lambert Road Championships and generally Lambert champions uh, Lambert Championship opportunities for women, noting that there were, um, I think, two there are two Lambert jerseys available for women in the Lambert Road Champs as opposed to, I think, uh, just do the math, it's either five or maybe six. She's hold, the Taylor's holding her hand for five. Five, okay. Um, and obviously those numbers are, are, are out of line um, when, when it comes to the, the raw numbers of opportunities. Um, probably a bit closer if you look at it in terms of the ratio of n the number of men that are racing to the number of women but obviously there's some flaws in 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 looking at it that way which i'm sure you guys uh want to talk about so i'm going to turn it over to you what what is it that what is it that led you all to to want to reach out to, to lambra and to usac about about changing that um well first i uh i kind of want to pose a question to you guys as the lambra leadership um just in a you know, it's, it's a very well-known fact that, that there are less women racing than men. Um, men, you know, draw the crowds. Men bring the sponsorships in. So I, I just kind of want to hear your opinion of the question, why should we care about women <clears throat> racing? Like, why do you want to create events where women feel like they should come and race it well okay you I, I'll certainly take a crack at answering that as best I can I mean the first thing that pops into my head when you start at, you know saying that um, well I, actually to be honest the first thing that pops into my head is my love of women's professional bicycle racing was the first thought that popped into my head that 
in order for for fans of cycling and women's cycling to continue to enjoy the spectacle of women's professional cycling, um, there has to be a network that creates women, uh, professional women cyclists. So I would say that would be that would be the first thought that jumps into my head uh, is is the need to to um, continue to produce uh, women to race bicycles because women's bicycle racing just as a sport in and of itself is I think a tremendous sport to to watch and I presume also to participate in for women but what what really sort of popped into my head when I when I thought about that was was my girls one of whom has raced competitively um, and the other who I think really benefited from seeing her older sister race and from coming to races with me and meeting some of the women uh, who who raced and the role models that that served you know for her and 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 what a tremendous experience it was for me as a father to see my girls um, be involved with older women who were um, mentors and friends and just good role models for them. Um, and also, I guess third thing that that jumps into my head um, is that I have a lot of friends who are women that ride and race bicycles, and um, I think they're really awesome people, and I think they deserve the opportunity to to race and um, as as much as I or any of my male friends do. Yeah, I guess I would echo that last statement that my that bike racing is like incredibly fulfilling and why would there not be opportunities for other people to experience that well so going back to you know you you want to see women's racing because you think of you think of your kids you think of you know their access to the sport you want to see them um, pursue habit or habits that they like um, have equal access to them that you know someone's son might um, that kind of goes back to the core of why I reached out to you about um, jerseys for road cycling. Um, at the Road Champs, we saw um, a pretty big field of women, not as big as the field for men, but still we had women in every single category show up and race. Um, and kind of the stark difference that we saw there was there were um, five different championship categories for men in the Lamper Road Champs versus one jersey category, championship category for women. Um, so, you know, I mean, the argument can be made that there were more men, therefore more jerseys, but if, if you want your daughter to feel like she has equal access to the sport, I think she should have the same opportunity to win a championship jersey as, as her male counterpart. Um, so far in women's Lambra, um, the women's Cat 1-2-3 wins a jersey. Um, the women's 4-5 Cat winner has the option of buying a jersey, which is equivalent to the men's Cat 5 champion. Um, right now there is no Cat 5 champion for women, even though there were some Cat 5 competitors in the women's category. Um, so just looking at that difference right there um, just points out like two different uh, situations where like 
there were women's racers. Um, it's not easy to come out as a women's Cat 5 and race a whole Lambra season, um, but there are examples of different women who have done that, and they deserve the same recognition as a, as a Cat 5 man, an option for a jersey. There's also a separate Cat 3 jersey for, for men that there yeah. isn't for, for women, and um, you know, one of the things that I thought of when you guys first messaged me was that we are getting to the point, and I think you guys are really doing a lot to help get us to this point. And Bodie, you can probably speak to the numbers a bit more, but we're, we really are now finally getting to the point in Lambert where we're really starting to get some Cat 3 women, um, and, and now Emily, some Cat 2 and, and, and above women as well. Um, and you know, that was one of the things that I think was really tough for a long time. Uh, you, you know, if you had tried to split a, a separate Cat 3 jersey out for, for women, even, even you know, splitting Cat 4 and 5 up, you know, you would have wound up with basically, you know, a half dozen women competing for the, you know, for one of those jerseys that... Well, I would say less. Yeah, that. maybe even less than that, yeah. I think that sounds fair, though. Six people competing for a jersey. Yeah. Well, I mean, so what would you do? Like, let's. So what would you do for this year? So you had, in the women's one to three race, you had one cat one, mm-hmm. a cat two, a cat two who won, and then four cat threes, and the Lambra cat three champion would have been Taylor. Gorman. So so add in a cat three, mm-hmm. and then Emily gets the cat two. Cat, yeah, the cat one, two. Same as the man. One, two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do we and have any cat one women racing right now? We do have one. Stephanie Smith. Yeah. Okay. Stephanie's a cat yeah. one. Yeah, so I mean, I guess, you know, it, it becomes a bit of a chicken and an egg issue, I guess, when you think about it. And we have a little, we have, this, this model has played out in cyclocross as well. Our friend Rolando Roman um, is also a, of a similar mindset when it comes to growing cyclocross, where his answer to it is to offer, you know, is to offer lots of categories, offer lots of championships. Um, I won the men's 50-plus cyclocross championship, and I think there was one race where I actually raced against somebody. The rest of the races I was in a field on my own, um, but he offered the jersey, and I essentially competed against myself and, and, and won it. Um, I have the jersey. I was, I suppose, proud to win it on some level. But, you know, I guess it, it, it does sort of beg the question, where is that, you know, is there a balance that needs to be struck be- between the, uh, the, the, the competition, the numbers of people competing? In other words, when does it become a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know when it, it, it sort of becomes an everybody wins a, everybody wins a trophy sort of thing um, and, 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 and is that is that something that is that should exist for some period of time because the assumption is if you build it they will come and then more people will begin to, to race for those and that there's a period of time where it might be awkward that you have you know more you know more jerseys than you have racers uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I think there are different solutions. I think that you should treat this somewhat as a business, as one of our friends was telling us. 
you should offer the categories and kind of cater to the population that you want to come out, like Rolanda's um, system. Um, in addition to that, or another solution, I think, would be to treat it like they treat track. They offer one jersey for the men, one jersey for the women. But in both situations, I think the important thing is to keep it the same for the men's categories as it is for the women's. Um, so the example in the Road Race Champions that just passed was that Lisa Hauser won a significant field the, for the 4-5 race or against a significant field of women. Um, and then Taylor won the four race for the men. And so Lisa was offered the opportunity to buy a jersey, but Taylor was given a jersey. So we just asked that whatever is done for the men's races is done for the women. And whether Taylor paid for his jersey or Lisa was given a jersey, we think both of those would have been okay. Um, so you could decrease the amount of jerseys, but I think that the number that you give to men, you should give to women. So I saw or, that they, oh, go ahead. Or at least the option. I mean, if, if at a Lambert Road Champ, there is no category five woman racing, you know, Lambert gets to say like, we offered this, you know, option to buy a jersey for the Cat Five Women's Champion. Unfortunately, this year, there were no Cat Five Women racers. And then that's something that gets circulated in women who ride, you know? No one claimed this championship category. So that's something that to work for to next year. You know, it gives it gives people a goal to Yeah, I mean that's sort of yeah, that's sort of building it, putting the infrastructure in and then hoping that that fills out. I mean, I know a lot of this this conversation is based around the the championship jerseys, which or I guess I guess maybe I'm getting confused here because you you do have the the jersey that's awarded for the winning the actual race, and then you have the LCCS like overall series jerseys that are given out for Cat One Two Men, Cat Three Men, Cat Four Men, Women's One Through Three, and then Women's Four Five. The option to buy, the and then Masters for Men. Masters for Men, yeah. And so juniors. I. So I guess maybe this comes part to do with like, do you think like if you, we set up this system and you are, I don't know, I guess I'm looking at like, if you, like, do you collect these awards when you're not racing against anybody? Or is that, is that what we're talking about as like the, the awkwardness in the beginning of like, okay, it's going to be, you're going to be one person in that category for a while, but then we're going to build it. Like, I guess... Maybe I'm answering my own question. Maybe I'm like thinking out loud. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, well, I think the situation that you have right now is if you had those different situations, those different categories for women, Lambra is big enough that you wouldn't have someone not racing against someone else to get a jersey. Well, there was competition in every category. Yeah, okay. So I was thinking in the one, two, I guess so, so Emily would be competing against one other person. Sure, that's a competition. Okay. So I guess my question or, or my thought is um, clearly fairness is a goal that we can both strive for and, and easily achieve, yeah. right? I mean, it, it, would be, it, would, it would be a simple thing to just say in Lambra, 
every every category that's offered for men, every championship category that's offered for men is also going to be offered for women. And then we solve the problem of parity. But okay, but so what but what do what does that but but if ultimately the issue then is about providing opportunities and 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 trying to trying to attract more women to race um, is it are, are those two things uh, I'm sorry the bell's got me I'm going to ask that question well I have a question so so what they did um, the day before at the crit championships they had a masters 40 plus women's race category which seemed I mean they had like six or seven mm-hmm. folks in that I'm wondering, like, does that seem like, is that a, a good category for expansion in Lambert next year? Like, maybe adding not additional, like, breakout additional, like, a uh, regular cat, but adding to the Masters category and then adding that as, a, as like, a championship category. Absolutely. Um, but does, is there worry about that? If you did that, would you dilute all those fields? So, like, a Masters 3, a Masters 4, and a Masters 5 pulls out of those their their regular category and goes to the age category. I mean is that is that something like an issue? Right. So I think there is there's this balance between equal recognition and trying like not to dilute the fields. But I don't think that those things can't go hand in hand. Like we could just like in the men's field, the one, two, three field raced together, but they were recognized separately. The yeah. one, two got a jersey That's and the true. three got a jersey. Yeah. Um, so That's I think that if that. the master's category gets, for the men, gets a jersey, then the master, the top Lambra master woman finisher gets a jersey also. And I think the way that we group those races can be discussed. And I think it's just really important that you include like women who will be racing those races in that discussion. And this goes to like the race organizers. Um, but I think that like the only point we're trying to make is that we want equal recognition. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the recognition that the top finisher in each category gets for the men, the woman should also get. Let me ask the question this way. If, if, there, was a, if there was a perfect world where all of the women who were interested in racing, even women that, as we speak right now, have never even heard of bike racing, but that somehow because of something that Lambra does or you all do or some teams or some promoters do, hear about racing. And suddenly we have this perfect world where all of the women who want to race are racing in exactly the category that they want to be racing in, in big fields, and it's super competitive. Um, But somehow... Somehow the mix that has led to that means that there are still six men's championship categories and maybe only four or five women's championship categories. Just, I mean, it's just a hypothetical. But yet the, but yet the mix is perfect and the fields are perfect and the competition is perfect. Is that, is that, still, a, is that still a suboptimal situation even, even though everybody's satisfied with the racing simply because there are less numbers of categories uh, for women. I mean, in other words, is the, is the parity part of it, is, is the parity part of it paramount or is the racing opportunity and the, and the competitiveness and the opportunity so, part of it paramount? 
So the opportunity and the competition part are absolutely paramount, but looking at your hypothetical situation, why wouldn't there be equal categories? Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I, I don't have an explanation for why there might not be. I'm okay. just saying, assume that, and I'm just curious as to, to get the feedback on that as to yeah. what, what it is that's driving the conversation, because it seems to me that what, what's driving the conversation is to increase the increase, you know, the competitiveness and give women opportunities to race. Um, I think the question is, if you want to increase the competition of women racing, how do you get women to show up? Yeah, yeah, that's. I yes. think that's a, a great question, and I think as you're saying now, part of that is the parity in opportunity. Yeah. I mean, but, but but what are some like? So Towns and I have promoted a bunch of criteriums and a bunch of cross races, and so we have the opportunity to look at it from from that side of like a one thing is like time of day like just schedule wise right like how do you how do you create a schedule of a race that provides the most opportunities for people and you know we do a weeknight series where we do three races and there are one two three five categories there's five categories we think we've figured it out fairly well i mean obviously not everybody's happy but we have a limited amount of time and 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 that's sort of what works for us and i hope you you guys have all raced it and you know if it if it if it's not been a good category, you know, I, I hope you would let us know because we we're open to changing it. But like that has been the tricky part, and you know, one of the things like you guys coming here, I'm glad you guys like are here, and I'm glad we're talking. And like one of the things is like I'm excited to go to your guys's race that you guys promote, and I'm I'm looking forward to like how you guys make that work, and like what are some ideas have you guys thought about putting on races and like what you'd like to see and like what like your dream scenario would be so we've been working through this especially with boss cross coming up they're planning a race and we're trying to figure out exactly you know which race slot do we want the premier race to be which is going to be the um, wtf race so we also got kind of tripped up wondering do we want to be in the middle of the day do we want to be at the end of the day you know we don't exactly know those details and most importantly we think that it's a conversation that we should be included in we're not you know we kind of went against some things that we usually say in trying to plan that and trying to plan the schedule but we think that it's important that we are asked these questions and that we're included in this conversation so i think most important therefore is not in just the races that like women's groups um, plan, but in Lambra and all races is that like we are represented, we have a voice. And I think that, you know, in doing this podcast, we're kind of getting some of our our ideas out there, but I think it's important that we're included in that conversation. Um, And we're really interested in working with Lambra. And like I said, we don't exactly know how to get more women out to races. And we don't know what the schedule should be like. Um, we know there are a few things that we really don't like. And we usually like tell the race organizers afterwards, you know, this is something that we really don't agree with. And we think that you should do it this way. But we want to be proactive about this in the future and at least be included in that conversation. And we can figure out how that works with organizing races and things. So if we're organizing them or if someone else is organizing them, we just think it's important that we're in the conversation. Um, 
I think in getting more women to come out to those races, though, we want just like equal recognition and a space that's created where we feel welcome. And again, there are a lot of different factors that go into that. I mean, you can talk about race times, equal payout. Well, yeah, I mean, what what are a few things that A, are not welcoming or would be welcoming for a woman racer or a new racer in general, just, just, just a few things that maybe, you know, people can like think about. Um, sure. Um, in cyclocross, we're often asked on the line, asked or told to, that we will be shortening our race time. Oh, and we don't necessarily want that. And this happens fairly often. Um, at, sorry. And I, I feel bad that I haven't been there when that's happened. Can I, do they give a reason why? Sometimes it's for the convenience of the other racer races. So we're running behind schedule. Uh, At Tortola, there was a car parked on the course that they were getting towed. So they said, you know, the 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 pop lock might show up midway through the race, and they will neutralize the race regardless of any breaks. Midway through our thirty minute crit Mm -hmm. for the. Premier and only women's race of the day. 30 minute crit for the women's open race at 8 a.m. So equal payouts. Obviously, that's that's a pretty easy one. And that's one I think that that you're seeing. I mean, certainly with all of the events that that we've done here locally, we've we've done that. And I think people are starting to do that more and more across Lambra, starting to do that more and more across Lambra. Not not always, but that's a pretty easy one. Especially for the men's and, 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 and women's uh, elite I, races. I do want to interrupt you there because it's something that has started to be done in Lambra by people like, like you guys who are organizing races and prioritize that. But it's not something that's being done regularly in uh, Lambra. And I think it's agreed. a really huge ask. Like that's it's a it's a huge thing like that's that's where you make money doing the thing that you're doing which is organizing racing but if you really want women there you'll make a point to make it equal payout yeah i think it's i think it's i think it's easy you just reduce the men's payout yeah no that's right so so that you don't need amateur bike racers don't need to make that much money i'm not trying to pull in pros you don't pay the cat fours right right you don't pay the cat fours how much would the men's field actually decrease in size if you got rid of the payout or decrease the payout well that's something that we've talked about that's probably the subject of of another podcast i don't think it (laughs) not much i don't think you know, and I think uh, Dustin Drews is—he's all about not paying amateurs, and yeah. so he has a lot more experience with that. I mean, I think Townsend—we've been lucky enough that we've had generous sponsors who've allowed us to, to to do payouts, and I like to and I can. But yeah, I think I think that's a—I sometimes I think they're a little too high. And as a Cat Four man, I made a lot of money. It was kind of ridiculous, <laughs> right. um, which was like I said, that's not how it should be. But anyway, all right. So uh, so equal time is equal time important to you guys as well. And when I say equal time, I mean a men's, if a men's uh, uh, premier crit, the one, two, three crit is an hour, do you guys want to race for an hour? I think it's fair. I mean, it's not something that every single woman is going to well, run if, up yeah, to the you, line and be you, like, please. Yeah, you know, if you put it on a scale, it's fair. An hour, an hour, right? It's so, fair. That, you so know. like, I mean, why wouldn't women be subjected to an hour race when men are? Well, I think, I think when the, the thing is that is you can sort of start building that in, you know, and like, it's like, 
yeah, sure. You've been racing like it's not always half an hour, but you've been racing half an hour crit, and then all of a sudden it's an hour. It's like, well, that's you know, that's great, but like let let's do forty minutes next year, and then let's do fifty. You know, like sort of incrementing and build it up. The other thing is, if you look at, at like gravel events, right? There, there's they're both the same distance, right? Um, there, there is no separate race for the women and the men. So it's, it's that's sort of a, a fallacy that you know women can't race that that distance. So, but I think it's you come to that race with a certain mindset where you're going to this you know stage race with a crit. It's like a completely different training. Um, I think I think you know being able to grow incrementally, and I also think that maybe some of the men's races are a little too long. So especially in Louisiana. So yeah. So we we, we look at trying for a parity in, in length of distance of racing or time of racing if it's a, if it's a timed event. What about, we've talked about the idea of offering championship categories uh, for all of the women's categories for which there are uh, uh, championships offered for men. But what about within a specific race uh, where you have... Uh, five or six men's categories including masters including breaking out fours and threes do you do you feel like that that in every particular race um where there are men's any men's category offered there should be a corresponding offering for women to race that same category i think that's an issue that we have to figure out over time um we are definitely making or I guess the race organizers are making the categories based on the turnout. Um, we don't necessarily want to race a you know sixty mile road race by ourselves. Yeah. But um, I think that it's just paramount that we are included in those conversations. And like I said, the race organizers continue to kind of ask women what they want, ask women after races how they felt about those categories, and I I think that's a good start. What about racing with men? Combined, combined races, categories scored separately, but racing with men. I know that you know a lot of race promoters try to stay away from that because we've thought or we've heard that women want to have their own race and race against other women. They don't want to race against juniors. They don't necessarily want to race against masters men. They used to combine cyclocross that way. There was the women's open, and they raced with the masters men. That's right. How do you guys Forget feel about, about racing with men on the course, either in a road race, in a combined peloton, or in a in a criterium in a in a combined? It's similar, I guess, to the Pontchartrain Beach Summer Series, where the where the women's uh, open races with the with the men's three four five race. What are your thoughts about that? Um, in BFF crit, the Federal City crit, they had an open A and open B. And I personally had a really good experience racing in Open B. And then they also with, had... With men. Correct. Men and women open, yeah. And then they had a women's only race after that. Um, but the it's something that we're wondering also. You know, we enjoy racing with big fields. And so we're not sure if that's necessarily a solution. But we think that based on our experience, we've had a good experience doing that. And it's definitely something to talk about the best race i ever had in my life was a cyclocross race where i raced uh in a race where tiffany landry had entered the was a men's four race i think maybe and tiffany landry had entered the men's race and she and i raced each other and it was the hardest i've ever raced anybody in my life 
and it was an, an an amazing and incredible race, and 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 the fans loved it too, I think, and that was that was great, and you know, I don't know, when you talk about parody, on some level, you know, you get to that sort of post gender, if there is you know such a thing as sort of a post gender world, um, we, where we, men and women are racing against each other. We were talking about this like exact topic, and we were talking about like the magic of Tuesday Loops. Yeah. And that's kind of the beauty of Tuesday Loops is, you know, women get to, we get to race against, you know, the guys up Wisner Bridge. Yeah. If, if, if we can, if we can get up it, we're racing everyone in, in the pack. Um, I don't think that's how everyone feels and I don't think that's how all women feel. Um, but it's, it's something that shouldn't be ruled out yeah. But it's not something that should be the rule. The only it, rule, it seems yeah. to work well in gravel events and fondos and things like that, where you sort of mix everybody up and you have these sort of big mass starts that are that are both age and gender blind, mm-hmm. essentially um, category age and gender neutral, um, and they're scored separately. But it, 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 in terms of the the mass start part of it, um, yeah, I think that's interesting. Another thought I had was, um, you know, creating sort of women-specific events. That is, like, you know, if you see what happened this weekend, I mean, this is professional racing in Europe and out in Colorado, but they had, you know, um, women's-only race events. Um, Do you think that that's something that there's any appetite for? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at the turnout to the Colorado Classic. Yeah. I mean, and people have been able to live stream it for the four days. It's been amazing. And I guess my question was a little more specifically, do you think that that could be sort of pared down to a Lambra? Amateur level. Amateur level Lambra event yeah. for women only. I mean, I, I think it would be awesome if there could be an event that was women only that men were involved in. Mm-hmm. Bringing, bringing their bikes, helping women prep for the race, teaching women how to ride the race, um, but not competing themselves. Yeah. I, think, I think that could really grow the sport. And having to go to a race and choose between the men's field or helping to grow the women is really difficult because you, know, you want to go and compete with a bunch of people, but you're also told like it's your responsibility to make the women's field bigger right um so i think in talking about joining men and women's races you kind of have to do one or the other you can't offer both in the same event or maybe just offer um an introductory category that's just women and then the rest of the women will race with the men all right yeah sort of you just do a b's a and b that's it that was the beauty of the fed city crit i think like i didn't race in it personally but looking at it it's like which category do i sign up for yeah you know like who's going to be in this category who's going to be in this category which one do i think that i should perform in and and that was the beauty of boss cross last year that was what was cool about fed city crit is like you don't you don't know who you're going to be racing against in those races um you know, Lambra, like Tour de Law, Women's Open, you know who's going to show up and you know what women you're going to be racing against. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's what's cool about you know these open Bs, open As is like you could be racing against anyone. Well, I have to say, I mean, I'm super happy to hear. I know you guys are speaking for yourselves and aren't speaking, you know, with sort of a unified voice of, you know, we are all women in Lambra, but it's really nice to hear, you know, that that you guys are open to, you know, so many different sort of ideas about how to make this work. You know, one thing that strikes me is that 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 our local scene and kind of some of the smaller, more bandit style races that we've done. And I'll just kind of throw Fed City into that, even though that was a USAC sanctioned race that we put on. You know, we sort of took a slightly different approach to it. And Pontchartrain Beach Summer Series, again, not your traditional categories, but it's nice to hear that um, that you guys are open to those kinds of ideas. And also, I think that that you mentioned Tuesday Loops, obviously just a, a weekly training race. But, you know, some of these bandit events that we're doing, the Noma to Noma race or some of these bandit gravel races that we do, maybe we can look at ways to mix up the categories in those races as kind of like testers for yeah. what could happen if we did something like that in a sanctioned USAC race. Yeah, and I know at Noma to Noma, the, um, you know, the, um, the championship categories are going to be overall one two three and then overall women which i think is a perfect marriage between how does everyone do in a race and then let's recognize the you know probably smaller field that will be there um and people can have other opinions on it but i think that's a really great thing oh overall one two three as in like first second and third Mm -hmm. to show up gotcha okay um i also sort of the old alley cat style yeah I also like the idea of of, um, of of creating parody, not by expanding, but by by the, or the thought of parody through contraction. Yeah. That, that maybe you know maybe there's too many masters fields, right? You know. <laughs> um, maybe there. Hey, I don't know. I'm like I'm like really close to being a masters, so I'm really excited to see what you guys are all like. This promised land over there in master's category. Don't take it away from me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You well, can, take, you can Lambra, take it away from me. Look at the Lambra TT champion. There were like four different categories for masters, men and women. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you there want, were people you get, in every single category for men. It was if amazing. you ever want to go find some categories, go to a time trial championship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find every category that ever existed. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, look, I think, I think you know, Something I always come back to and I've been talking about a lot on this podcast is that, yeah, racing bikes is fun, but it's really fun when you're racing against your peers. And, and, and just like when you are able to, you know, use tactics and use the things you think about and watch the pros use. And that is like the most rewarding uh, type of racing. And I whatever this, this season, it worked out that I got a lot of that. Uh, I, I chose to not do any one, two, three road races because I just kind of know my skill set. And so I stuck with Cat Three and One Two Three crits and Three Four crits and it, and it was great and but I know that like and that sort of to me is like the pinnacle of like bike racing is like getting those fields those like race fields and like how do you make that happen for everybody because it's such a cool thing and like yeah I feel like that's I think I'm really stoked you guys shared your thoughts because I'm like it's giving me more ideas and like this is like I'm constantly thinking about these races and like. 
It's like, yeah, I want everybody to have that feeling. Let, let me throw this out there to you, Bodie, because you talk about racing with your peers, and it strikes me looking around this room that you and I are the two men in this room, but your peer in terms of cycling competition, honestly, in this room is Emily Gass. You know, in, yeah, ter- in know. terms of in terms of somebody in terms of somebody that would give you a run for your well, money. I mean, Taylor, that, Taylor, yeah. and Elliot were giving me the old one-two at the club yeah. ride on Saturday. That was that was a lot of fun. And then I'm looking across the room at the two people that I tend to wind up closest to at a think something like Tuesday Loops, and that's Taylor and Greta as, as my peers in this room as a, as a racer. And so I think that that you know, I mean, it's a silly little point that I'm making, really. But I think that I think the larger point there is that, you know, that it may very well be that our peers in terms of those people that we are most closely matched with in in racing might not always be of the same gender as we are. And And it's just worth a thought. And I think that's a very not silly point that you just made. I well, I, I mean, yes, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I was trying to make a valid point okay. in a silly way, I suppose, by, okay. by confining the, the, the idea to the five of us here in this room. But it really is sort of instructive to think about it that way, I think. So, so I think next steps coming out of this, mm-hmm. this conversation yeah. is um, sharing loudly and widely when the next Lambra board meeting is. Yeah, yes. that'll be shared widely and loudly. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and I will say... Um, I've got one more year left as Lambert president. Uh, I have been involved in Lambert for a while, not as president, but just having been involved. And um, well, you're announcing your retirement. I'm not, annou- I'm, I'm not announcing my retirement, but I'm, I am absolutely suggesting that in a year from now, I hope that there's going to be more than, than than just my name on the on the ballot to be Lambert president. Yeah, and I think I think one is yes, is coming to the table and and I, and I pointed this out the other day at cross practice and like actually like so you guys are part of Crush Racing. Crush Racing is a team, a USAC team that's affiliated with a club, a club within Lambert. So that club, uh, I'm sorry guys, I don't know the name of your club. It's Gulf South Endurance Sports. It's actually I think Gulf no. South Bicycle Racing oh, Incorporated. Oh Jesus, I'm sorry, Jim. Is the, the <laughs> formal name Gulf of the club. South Bicycle Racing Club. Oh. So when we have these meetings and. You know, usually me or Townsend has been a representative of semi-tough cycling club. So you guys, like, definitely, like, you have not, I've not seen this club in the meetings. So, like, your absence has been missed. So and I think that because you, you guys are here chatting with us, like, I feel like you guys are the leaders of that club. And, you know, you guys should definitely be there representing your club. And Lambert needs each club to put on a race. That's all. And so, like, I wasn't, I'm like, I'm actually serious. Like, I'm excited to go to your race because I'm like, <clears throat> it's your turn. Like, come on in. Welcome to Lambra Bike Racing Promoters Anonymous group. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, but, like, please, like, make a race that I can go to and race and I don't have to promote. So, like, I want you guys there. Okay. Challenge accepted. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. Well, um, when we go to the Lambert meeting in December or whenever it is, we will have to make sure that we all re-listen to this podcast yeah. the night before so that we'll all know these ideas that, that we have. I see Taylor has some notes, so hang on to those. Um, guys, I mean, look, I told you in response to the email that you sent me, there's absolutely nothing, I think, that's not on the table 
or nothing that I personally as Lambert president wouldn't listen to as an idea to make um, bicycle racing better. And if, um, you know, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that, that Lambert bicycle racing would be twice as good if there were twice as many women showing up every week to race bicycles. And so you have my word, um, not that I will absolutely stand behind everything that you guys want to see implemented because that would be foolish of me to say that I'll just do whatever you want. But um, I absolutely will listen and there's nothing that you guys have said here tonight that sounds even remotely you know, odd or unreasonable. And so let's, let's make some changes and um, let's, let's go do some bike racing. And I guess also, sorry, is like the power doesn't all lie with you, Townsend. Like no, no, of the, course the, not. The power is like right there. Like yeah, yeah. if you want to make the race, you make that race. And then like it's on the Lambert calendar. And it's like, you know, and then we have to see how do we incorporate those categories into the LCCSS if that's a viable thing that people care about anymore. But also the road race championship. So that's sort of like, that's the start is like you, like, you know, we wanted to put on a track race at a crit we did it and then other promoters like took that you know and, and it was obviously it was a nationwide thing so like people go well, i'm not to that but like we like made it happen and then like it kind of became a thing so like that's that's how it happens so all right yeah i mean we look forward to like being in the conversation trying to figure out what comes next and also just like continuing to talk about these issues as they come up and hopefully just being proactive about any issues with like races or club rides and trying to like brainstorm ideas about how to get more women out and how to be more inclusive in general. And that's not just about including women. It's about including everyone. Yeah. Um, and really trying to figure out the path that Lambert wants to take. And we don't pretend to know exactly what to do now, but I think we have some good ideas and we look forward to being a part of it. And we're going to get Lisa Hauser's jersey paid for. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> you're welcome, Lisa. <laughs> All right, guys. All well, right. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah, thanks for coming to the Barrister's Gallery and uh, enduring this with us. And honestly, Bodie, I know we've got more stuff on this agenda, but I'll be honest with you, we've gone on for a bit. I think oh, this yeah. is a nice self-contained okay. episode. And I think that we should table everything else that we've got for next week when Sertirio's uh, back. And leave this as just a little... Uh, Wait, did you guys watch the Colorado Classic? We did. Did you? Um, so you saw that. Sorry, you wanted to close it. But I just, can we just talk about <laughs> Chloe Dygart, who sure. like absolutely destroyed the field? Yes. It's pretty has, amazing. Has that ever been done before, I wonder? She vossed it. Has, has Mariana Voss <laughs> ever won every every stage of a stage race? And I don't know if that's been done before, but I'm sure Voss has come close. She wore four out of seven in the... Uh, or no, she won four to yeah four to seven in the Giro Rosa. So yeah. just recently, well, and four out of seven were... is not four out of four. It's true. And so four. Okay. So many injuries as well. Yeah, yeah and so yeah. And all four jerseys. Yeah, she won all the jerseys. Chloe Dygard is a world champion, multi-time world champion, eight-time world champion, I think. Olympic medalist, a silver medalist in the pursuit, women's pursuit. Uh, had some injuries, has come back. So it's not like it's a surprise that she did that, but it was like we kind of hadn't seen her for a while. And uh, But really, just the fact that you win four stages in a row, like a climbing stage. Sure, why not? I'm a climber. Circuit, crit, yeah, whatever. Obviously the most powerful person there. I don't know. It was It was pretty cool. I just wanted to get that in this episode. 
<laughs> okay, well, you did, buddy. So good job. All right, well, so we do this thing on the podcast where we all sign off and we say a pithy quote. So I'm going to invite you all to also sign off and leave with a pithy quote. So, we'll, yeah, we'll start with you guys. Uh, this is Greta signing off. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of that Star Wars quote. See you later. All right. Yep. That one? That's a good Star Wars quote. It wasn't a Star Wars quote. Good night and good luck. Is that Star Wars? No, doing? that's uh, that's a newscaster. Yeah. Tom Brokaw. No, the only, Edward Murrow. The only newscaster I can think of. Yeah. Uh, this is Emily signing off. Um, it's not over until it's over. Ooh, good one. Uh, this is Taylor signing off. And I don't think I have a quote. Sorry, guys. Well, this is the T-Bone signing off saying, I hope both my girls are listening to this podcast because girl power. Um, this is the Buddy Buddy saying, they will definitely be listening to this podcast You will because you will make them listen to it on the way to a bike race. Uh, once again, saying <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, and concerns, you can send us an email at yayuride at gmail.com or drop into our, or slide into our DMs at yayuride on Instagram. And good night and thanks for all the fish.